This is Creeps Anonymous. Diana sighed at the kitchen table, rubbing her eyes. She'd been squinting at her phone lips pursed for about an hour now, which meant that she was doom-scrolling on Fox News or the New York Post. Olivia, I need you to tell me if the turkey at your job is affected by this avian flu thing. She put her reading glasses down, trying to fix her bleary gaze on her. Yeah, let me go bust out the forensics labs on the birds next time I go in, Ma. Olivia leveled a withering gaze at her, grabbing milk from the fridge. It was too early to entertain her mother's numerous anxieties right now. I'm saying, let me know if they're saying anything at work, because then I won't buy it for Thanksgiving. Her mother mainlined piping hot coffee from a mug, going over a crumpled legal pad filled with notes. She plugged in, crossed out information, and then erased it to no avail with the pencil's hard, waxy eraser. I'll keep it near the ground, Olivia nodded, hoping that if she moved slowly enough, her mother would forget that she was there and get engrossed back into her errands. She turned back to her coffee, enjoying the slow swirl of milk into the inky black. Has your father called you? She froze, wondering if she could wait out the situation, maybe pretend she hadn't heard her. Liv? No such luck. Olivia stirred her coffee and dropped the spoon into the sink. He is not. I also haven't really made an effort to reach out. Her mother didn't look up from the table, making more corrections and plugging dates next to certain notes on her legal pad. The scratching of the pencil against yellow, crumpled paper was surprisingly unsettling on her nerves. Olivia waited for her mother's anger to bubble up, but instead she nodded, pursing her lips again. Okay, keep me posted. He needs to get back to me about a few documents. Sure thing. She grabbed her coffee and slipped out of the kitchen before the line of questioning got any more intense, needing to keep what was left of her sanity today for her shift. She grabbed Chaka's keys off the console table and stepped into the refreshingly cool air outside. On the stoop, the pumpkin Sammy lovingly carved had started to settle on the droopy, shriveled stage of its life, but no one quite had the heart or the stomach to pick it up and toss it into the trash yet. She gave it a loving tap on its wrinkled side and hopped into her car. As she adjusted the driver's seat and the mirror, she pondered with a dull sort of dread what the holidays would be like this year. They always seemed to bring out a certain type of desperation and ugliness with people. Or maybe that's just what it felt like with her parents. She jammed her key into the ignition and pulled out of the driveway, trying to picture tonight after work, with no one awake, no one there to nag her, and no one but the view of the city and her tall boy of malt liquor. She couldn't count on much, but at least she could count on that. At lunch, she punched out and took a walk down Forest Avenue to get out of the stale, cinnamon-scented air of the supermarket. It was the last weekend before Thanksgiving, so there was nothing but a steady stream of doomsday preppers fortifying for their relatives to come in from other far-flung boroughs around New York City. Outside, shoppers, families, and couples wandered around in the weak November sun. The shopping bags and bundles of gifts made her want to put something warm in her hands, so she headed to the coffee shop down the street with the last few dollars in her pocket. The coffee shop was a small, cozy affair with a small bench for dog owners outside and an old, worn wood interior. The holidays looked like they had brought in a lot of foot traffic. As she stepped inside, she walked almost immediately into the line to order. She checked the time, 12.15. Only 15 minutes to order, walk back, and then maybe take a few sips of her coffee. Lunch breaks at noon seemed designed to fail somehow. She scratched at her ear, irritated, and took a look around the shop. In the corner, a writing group had taken residence by the long table by the window, their winter coats piled up on one chair. She couldn't hear them over the din, but their bright, animated faces made her sort of happy. At the other end, sitting under the shiny glass case of scones, was a young family with a stroller pulled up to the corner of the table. Leaning out of the line slightly, she took a curious look up to the counter, trying to see how many people were ahead. As she leaned her body out, she spotted Dima at the counter, 
She opened her mouth to get his attention, but watched as he turned with two coffees from the register, handing one to a long-haired waif of a girl whose hair was piled in sort of a punk magenta beehive. As he did, he spotted Olivia towards the other end of the line, peering at him. She promptly closed her mouth, mortified by the fact that it was too late to pretend like she'd never seen him. She slid back into the line with a thundering heart, watching as he leaned over to finish up and pay at the counter. She pulled out her phone as cover, opening up to a blank text, but simply stood there and was unable to get her mind off the pink-haired Amy Winehouse attached to Dima's hip right now. It was almost supernatural, the feeling of them passing her by in line. Pink hair smelled like vanilla marshmallow on her way past, or maybe it was just her coffee. But on the way out the door, Olivia turned to see Dima hold it open for her, and leading her through with a gentlemanly hover of his hand at the small of her back. She hid within the safety of the line, trying to blend into the clot of people before Dima turned and saw her staring. Her face felt hot and red, and she was terrified that she might look as if someone had just pulled the rug out from under her. She stared at the empty fresh text, pulled up on her phone, and wondered who the fuck this new random girl was, angry with herself for letting these things get to her at this point. This was exactly why they had more history than time dating. Jess didn't just hate Dima because he was an old man who taste for young women had never aged with him. She hated him because both she and Max had watched a years-long will-they-won't-they they between her and Dima that left them all winded. In between the periods of bickering and non-contact, it always started the same way. Dima would sulk and chase and beg to be in Olivia's life again after she shut him out, but when she finally began to let herself trust him again, his texts would dry up and he'd be spotted somewhere across town with some young new chick trying to get her music career off the ground. The manic panic not even tried on her artfully fried hair just yet. Most of all, Jess was angry at Olivia for selling herself short, and she knew that she was right. She cursed herself for letting the same ugliness creep back into her chest and take up residence. Maybe one day, she'd press all the right buttons and say all the right things to be someone's actual priority. That day was sadly not today, apparently. Next. Olivia looked up from her phone, not realizing that she shuffled all her way up to the front of the line. She looked up at the chalkboard of various different coffee flavors. Hazelnut, white chocolate macadamia, Mexican chocolate, s'mores. Magenta hair flashed through her mind's eye, and she took a bracing breath, looking at the cashier behind the register. Just a regular coffee, please. Black. The rest of her shift, she tried to keep her mind off the toxic comparison game it was trying to play since lunch. If she kept busy unpacking the truck, shoving Campbell's soup cans where they belonged, she wouldn't have the time to tear apart her own self-esteem. Even still, in between unpacking the pallets and avoiding pointless conversations with her co-workers, she could feel the numb ache in her chest every time her mind turned over a new stone, trying to find more evidence why the new addition in Dima's life had everything she didn't if he was fine with being seen with her. She never even considered herself side-bitch material, which is why she found herself perpetually confused in the same position. It wasn't like she encouraged Dima to date other people. They had at one point, many moons ago, talked about exclusivity, but trying to pin him down was like trying to catch the wind. By the time you opened your fingers to see what was inside, it was already gone. At the end of her shift, she raided the clearance rack again for its shitty beer and carried it with her back to her car like a prize. While unlocking it, her phone began to ring. Her heart jumped, knowing it was late. Before she knew her mind was forming the thought, it began to piece it together. Dima, calling to apologize, to explain himself. She pulled her phone out of her pocket and looked at the screen. Dad. A completely different series of emotions T-boned her at the intersection of confusion and rage. She put the beer in her back seat and picked up. Yeah? Yeah? 
Is that how you answer the phone to your father nowadays? Her father's voice, like gravel being pressed through a cheese grater, emanated from the other line. Oh, that's cute. I have to sit here and babysit mom from having a mental breakdown and you decide to drop off the planet and now I'm supposed to sound cheerful when you call? Are you out of your mind or is it just me? I'd like to know. Before she could catch herself, the words were toppling out of her, filled with venom. Olivia. No, 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 no. Since you finally reached me, I think it's time for you to listen. She plowed through his protests. And on top of that, on top of that, you go and you lose your house and then you disappear. No one can reach you. No one knows where you are. You just poof, gone. Dad doesn't exist anymore. Olivia. You're out here having a second adolescence out here in Florida with your teenage concubine. And we lived out of a motel room for weeks. Honestly, whatever you're about to say better be really fucking good. There was a long pause on the line. Well, I'm waiting, she pressed, irritated by his sudden deflation. If he was going to come at her guns blazing, he should at least have the decency to give her a good screaming match. <laughs> You're scary sometimes, you know that? I think you get that from your mom. Tony sighed after a moment. You're kidding. No, just this once, I'm not, he said, sounding like she'd just stolen the energy out of him. It made her take a step back. When she was a little girl, her father could be terrifying. A booming, short-tempered tempest around the house, his chest as wide as a wine cask, built like a true Greek, dark eyes blazing. His voice used to strike fear into her, or at least warn of impending storms. Now, he just sounded exhausted. She couldn't exactly say she liked this turning of tables, because she wasn't exactly sure what that made her. What do you want, Dad? She said finally, shaking her head. Not because there was something to disagree with, but the feeling itself that didn't agree with her. I was, uh, calling to see what you were doing for Thanksgiving. Tina and I are in town to take care of business, and, uh, we wanted to see you. He said, but very carefully. He didn't do anything carefully. We. The word wormed its way into her ear and made her itch. If she was being entirely honest, she could comfortably live the rest of her life without ever having met Tina. The now 23-year-old had started an internship at her father's construction business the same year Olivia had started college. They were essentially only eight months apart in age, which was a fact that truly few people could get over, least of all her mother. Tina had gone from keeping her father's books to keeping him in her pocket in a matter of about a year and change. You couldn't blame the marital problems on Tina, though. Her parents had always been on the rocks for as long as she could remember, and Olivia believed that the two stayed together only largely for her sake, which is why it hurt so much that her dad decided to dip during one of the worst weeks of her life. She wasn't sure how much of it had been immaturity or the exhaustion with it all, but she only learned weeks out of her hospital stay that he'd flown to Florida nearly days after she'd been admitted. He hadn't returned since. What do you think? He ventured, sounding for the first time, vulnerable, like he needed something from her for once. I think you need to get back to Mom about the divorce proceedings because she's been trying to get in touch with you for weeks, Olivia said, pushing away the bid for empathy from him. If he really wanted her acceptance after this titanic fuck-up, he'd have to work a little harder than that. Tony sighed softly. Okay, I will. Can you think about maybe coming to see us for Thanksgiving? Sure, she said flatly, almost hurting herself as well with her flippant tone. Okay, that's all I want, for us to be together during the holidays. Give me a call sometime this week and let me know. I'll let you go now, I know it's late. Hey, Dad. Olivia said, letting her vision defocus through the windshield, the streetlights blurring out into a soft bouquet. Yeah, Olive. His old nickname for her. Olive. What did you see in Tina that made you want to leave? He took a moment before answering. I don't know. Tina has a spark. 
she brings out the artist in me. Artist? You've been a contractor for more than two decades, Olivia responded, regretting the words as they left her mouth. You don't have to be just one thing, Olive, he said, softly, reminding her of how gentle he could be when she was just a kid. Think about Thanksgiving and get back to me. Olivia tried to blink through the bouquet lights, now fuzzy because of the dampness in her eyes. Yeah, I'll let you know. Hey guys, it's Gabby, creator of Creeps Anonymous. If you like the work that we do at the podcast, remember to rate, comment wherever possible, and share with your friends and loved ones that you think might like the show. If you're feeling extra generous or you want to listen to the episodes two days early, make sure to head on over to patreon.com slash to help support the show. As always, thank you for being here and thank you for listening. Till next time.